Hello and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, Charlie's Angels. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And just like Charlie's Angels, podcasting doesn't get hotter than this. Mm. Which is true, because yeah, not only a, is it pretty warm in this room, but we're also recording this episode in leather assless chaps. <laughs> <laughs> so, saying uh, that, I mean, but we're uh, not, but... Uh, Aussie. On your new couch as well. <laughs> <laughs> right, seriously, though, if you've never heard this show before, then hold on to your wigs and disguises because you're in for a treat. Essentially, we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. There's also a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans to keep you entertained, including a caption contest, some questionable impressions, an ice old quiz, some xylophone playing, silly sound effects, and a lot of banter. Now, this week's film on trial, as I said before, is Charlie's Angels. And you keep looking at us like you've done a good job. I, I mean, I have. I want more gratitude. Uh, so is this Angel Delight or is it Charlie Brown? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Scraping the, the barrel there. All the, all the toilet should that be. Uh, so just to say that this will be a very spoilerific episode. So if you haven't seen it yet, it has been out for 19 years now. So you've only got yourselves to blame. But it is on amazon prime at the moment but what you could do is just you know listen to this episode after you've watched it or trust our judgments alternatively you can fast forward to our quiz this week brought to us by the lovely dave which we will highlight in the comments section below now before we go on our last film on trial was john wick 2 hang on <laughs> so i judged that trial and deemed that it should be placed on the hit list now, I've since gone away and watched the film. Did I make the right call? Uh, yes, 100%, definitely. I, okay. I, I, I watched it the first time, and I wasn't digging it. I know what you mean. Same. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I watched it again, around. and I was like, oh, man, this is really good. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, one of those films that you can just sit down and enjoy. You don't have to look too much into it. But I also enjoyed that it expanded on the mythos of you know the first film. And it wasn't afraid to embrace the sort of the wacky reality of this, you know, in, you international. Say wacky. The wacky reality of someone killing someone with a fence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two people with a fence. The one... absurdity of it. Like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> one thing I really enjoyed about the fight choreography, it was, oh, it, was like, it was like something out of The Raid or It Man. It was yeah. just incredible, unflinching, and you could tell that it was all Keanu Reeves. I know, right. That's, that's the big thing of it, I think. Yeah. It's like oh. Swan Lake with guns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, that oh, should wow. literally be the tagline yeah. to that film. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. Uh, so before we go on to the bulk of the show, I think it's time for Alex's film feels. Hey! Oh, thanks. Uh, so there's a car chase in this film, a bit of a tenuous link. Couldn't think of much to do with Charlie's or Angels in films. So I just thought we've never done what's your favourite car chase in a film. Has anyone got anything that jumps out at them? Uh, I've just mentioned the raid, so I'll probably the car chase in the raid. Uh, the raid two, oh, right. which is <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty fucking boss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I watched the raid two, thinking you know that fear that oh they're just going to essentially make the same film again. It's going to be uh, you know in a, a bigger apartment complex this time round, so it's going to be in an airport. But no, they didn't. They expanded it. It was all over the city. There's some excellent fight scenes in it and there's an amazing car chase in it and i think it's one of the best ones i've seen in cinema over the past 10 15 20 years even Ooh. I, i'm getting balls to the wall statement 
They, they, my balls have been stapled to that no, wall, I know. and I'm sticking to I'm, it. I'm going to try and unstaple your balls there, Gav, and say that, <laughs> and say that my favourite one is... It's hard to pick out of all the Fast and Furious films, but I'm going to say <laughs> the best one, the best car chase sequence is the one where there's a tank on the uh, motorway. I mean, just that and enough, a tank car chase sequence. But there's just a bit where... Is that classed as a car chase, or is that more of a... <sighs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of car, yeah. tank chase, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow it because it's my segment and I'll do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a bit where um, they're riding down. Uh, Letty is on the other side, you know, Dom, um, the the, uh, the character. Dom's coming the other way, and he can see just from looking at it that Letty's going to be catapulted out into the middle of this expanse between the bridges. So what does he do? He jumps up on the top of his car Cross and drives in. He meets her perfectly halfway across <laughs> this huge ravine grabs her and then falls onto a car and it's just it, it's like just it's so unapologetic about how stupid <laughs> that is that it gets away with it as well it even references it later and she goes up to him and says but Dom how, how did you know there'd be a car to break off <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the thousands of permutations of where he would have just not worked oh yeah well how did you know there's a car I like how, I like how it, like, it's a car that breaks the fall as well it's like <laughs> how did you know that we'd be saying how did you know that there's going to be a, a windscreen there for <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, um, anyone else? No. Um, uh, Blues Brothers. Ah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, like the budget they had for that film yeah. just on police cars on that, alone. Yeah, just yeah. burning through police cars, literally. Just a great car chase through the mall as well. You have some great stunt work there. It's, it's a classic. And, you know, no one really gets hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, that's the best car chase, isn't it? Absolutely. Everyone goes on saying to their families at the end of it. Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like mine just pales into uh, insignificance. I was going to say, gone in 60 seconds. Oof. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like an hour and 53 of... Just look just, at Gav's face there, I wish we, we, we filmed this sometimes. <laughs> it's just like... It's probably an hour and a half's worth of just car chase. Yeah, so, it is. Yeah. I mean, you should watch um, Drive Angry if you like it's gone in 60 seconds because there's a lot of car chases in that and there's a real fear. Is uh, Nicholas Cage in it though? Yeah, yeah, Nicholas Cage is oh, in okay, it. Okay, then but I'm going to love it. The thing is, is that there, <laughs> there, there is a real fear watching those car chases oh, that you think no. to yourself that Nicholas Cage's wig's going to fly off at any point. <laughs> <laughs> you like Nicholas Cage car chases? Try out The Rock. There's a great car chase of him. Him and a Ferrari chasing Sean Connery in oh, a Humvee. Yeah. Come on, that's, that's a classic. It's not mine. Yeah. Yeah. Does he have a car chase in that one where he's the skeleton or a bike chase? I think there's a lot of yeah, chase. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a lot of... Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider, yeah, yeah. Is <laughs> that a skeleton? skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nightmare before Christmas. <laughs> anyway, mate, thank you very, very much for that, Alex. Take a hike. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Cutting, wasn't he? Right, on to the bulk of the show. This week's film, as mentioned before, is Charlie's Angels. Hang on. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, pretty yeah. close. Cheers, cheers. Uh, okay, so this one hasn't been picked out of the hat at random, but it has instead been chosen by our good friend, Alex. Yes. Um, so as you have chosen the film, you will be taking on the role of defense and trying to get this film placed on the old hit list. Now, Alex is a little bit like Tom Green. We all thought he was great when we were first introduced to him in the 90s, <laughs> but then we quickly realized how annoying he was, and now we can't get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> 
silent appreciation. Now, all of the other roles have been picked out at random, however. So, acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list will be Dave and Ozzy. Dave is just like John Forsyth. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Better suited to radio. <laughs> I'll, I'll, take it. I'll take it. And Ozzy is just like Matt LeBlanc. Pretty forgettable unless he's with his friends. Hey. <laughs> now, just oh. like real court advocates. These are mean this week. <laughs> yeah. They're mean every week, come on. Now, just like real court advocates, they will be making the best case for their roles. These may or may not be their genuine opinions, though, so do stay tuned till the end of the episode to hear their real thoughts. Which means this week I have the most important role as I will be playing the judge. I'm a bit like Crispin Glover's character. Creepy, thin, pale shit side parting this i mean the list is just pretty fucking extensive to be honest i'm gonna stop it there because i'm almost setting myself um now i must decide which list the film should be placed on hit or shit based solely on the arguments put to me and not using my own opinion uh, which is good because i uh, i saw the film once when it came out so uh, in the cinema actually so 2000 so it's been a good 19 years since i've watched it so i it's a complete blank slate up there uh, now before we get started though i do think that we should give the listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is about. So let us spin the wheel of impressions. So here we read off the synopsis in the style of one of the cast or characters of the film. Uh, so, I mean, this week it has landed on Brucey. Uh, who should we ask Alex to do the synopsis in the style of? Um, Charlie? I mean, yeah, that, that sounds like the sort of obvious one, doesn't it? It does. It does. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Alex? Yep. Okay. I'll try, Charlie. Um, three. No. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it for that. Three. Three. No, I can't do a Charlie. Uh, can, can you do a um, can you do Bosley? A Bill, a Bill Murray? No, I'll do Charlie. Three. <laughs> <laughs> three women detectives with the mysterious boss. <laughs> I'm just going with it. Receive stolen voice ID software using martial arts tech skills and sex appeal. <laughs> well done. Thanks. I mean, I would fucking pay to see that version of Charlie's Angels. <laughs> right, okay, so uh, like, allow me to kick off proceedings then. Um, so, Alex, we'll start with you as defence. Sure. How does this film start? starts very well. And that's one, <laughs> that's one thing that I really like about this film, is it starts with a bang and it knows where it's going. And it sets up a lot. Um, you know, it begins in an airplane and you've just got this sort of long sort of tracking shot that sort of goes all the way through the airplane. You don't really understand what's going on. There's a little bit of music just sort of, you know, keeping you interested. And first thing you see is um, LL Cool J comes out of the bathroom and you're just a bit like, you know, what what the hell is going on here? Like, you know, didn't know he was in the film. Walks over to a guy who sat down next to him. Um, he's, you know, a little bit of talking. They do a nice little thing where TJ Hooker the movie's on and LL Cool J says, I hate it when they turn an old TV show into a movie. It's like, oh, that's what we're oh, watching. Very, very quite, funny. Quite quite and then, um, <laughs> easy, easy. Do, hey, just a bonus question here. Do you know what LL Cool J stands for? Um... No. Uh, do, I, do I get points? Go on. Ladies love cool James? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that, really. Yeah. Good trivia. All right, uh, anyway. Is so, it, go on, Nosey. Is it good trivia? <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, it oh, is good okay. trivia. <laughs> every point I'm going to have, you're going to... Uh, I've got another good, one for you. Ice T also stands for Ice Tango. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Sorry, okay. Alex. 
I'll get back to Charlie's Angels. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so they he sits down, and then there's a guy who's just sat next to him. He says, "Do you have it?" Pulls his um, jacket open, and there's a bomb that's going to go off in 20 seconds. And there was a lot of questions going through your head there. What the hell is going on? Why has he got a bomb on his chest that's going to go off in 20 seconds? What possible use would anyone have for that? And then he goes, "You know, what are you going to do?" And it's going to, I'm going to walk right out of the plane. And he goes, "Well, what?" So he opens the plane door, and they go flying out. Then they land, a bomb blows up, they all sort of uh, flying down. Lucy Lou jumps out of her helicopter to get them, diffuses the bomb, they land in a boat driven by Cameron Diaz and they ride off. I mean, I don't understand what the fuck is happening right now. LL Cool J turns out to be Drew Barrymore. And this is is what I'm saying. It's a very what start, but it kind of sets up the rest of the film perfectly in a way because it's just like i know but it does because it's just like like leave your brain a little bit you know this a little bit this isn't gonna be a proper um like a really really complicated look into things this is film a bit of fun if you want to see people jumping out of planes grabbing people as they're parachuting down bombs going off all that sort of thing then you're really going to enjoy this film and it's sort of just it sets the tone of a film, I think, quite well. It's a lot better than possibly I made it sound there. Yeah, so I hope like... so. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to pass it over to Dave. That beginning sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, it, he's, he's done a pretty good job describing it as well. Bits he left out, though. This, this, Yeah, he opens his jacket, he's got a bomb, 20 seconds counting down. The next 70 to 80 seconds of action sequence don't really explain why the bomb is going so slow. You know, it's the slowest ticking bomb you'll ever see. I mean, it's complete, if you time it, it's completely off. I mean, no, who's timing it? But it's daft. And no one's thought this through whatsoever. I mean, what happens to the rest of those people on the plane after they've opened that door? You no, know, I know you do think that. Do you? <laughs> you can't help but think that. That's like, in the back of your especially mind. Especially the flight attendants, they're yeah. definitely not strapped. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in the back of your mind. Then. No, it's, just, it's a daft opening. And yeah, it does set the tone for the rest of the film. It's ridiculous. It's daft. It doesn't make sense. It's jumbled. It's just like someone's fired a load of ideas into the sky and they've just picked no. up the ones that have landed face up. No, it's not a load of ideas. It, it does work. <laughs> it works really well. It's, and it does sound like mad because it is mad and it's hard to explain it. But when you actually watch it in the film, it's done really well. It's like, it's not just jumbled and things. It's, it's just, it's quite stylish. Okay. And if you don't really pay attention to the whole, like, you know, why is he wearing a bomb and what, <laughs> you know, what the hell? Then it does work. Um, uh, d- d- Dave, uh, Alex mentioned that LL Cool J turns out to be Drew Barrymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what, yeah. What, they, how? They, they do a Mission Impossible. <laughs> right, So okay. basically LL Cool J pulls off his face, spits out a voice box, and it's Drew Barrymore it, with like a fake face. and a fa- It was a disguise okay. sort of thing. Right, so okay. it's basically um, doing a really shit Mission Impossible. Okay. Without, and, without actually any good makeup. Right, okay. So uh, uh, Dave, what happens after that then? Um, what does happen after that? I mean, it's talk, talk me through the, the general plot. What is the what is the meat? Okay, the main of this theme film? of the plot is um, basically they're hired. I mean, the private detectives, the as they were in the TV series, mm-hmm. private detectives, and they're hired to investigate the kidnapping of a is he a, a tech magnet sort of thing? As uh, Sam Rockwell's character is Knox, I think is Alexander Knox. I want to say, yeah, Knox. Yeah, yeah. So they're uh, hired to investigate his kidnapping. You know, he's been abducted. They've got a bit of footage of him being mm-hmm. taken away, and it's like, okay, where's he gone? What's happening um so they look they look at like a few a few suspects uh like his his business rivals you know they look at it as uh, the president of his company briefly and they just basically prat about for a bit going to, down these different ventures with uh and i think is it, is it tim curry who's the the rival you know it's and tim underused, curry. you know it's criminally tim curry. underused Dave, tim curry if you've got tim curry in a film 
All, all I'm going to say, yeah. remember when you said Dick Miller was bad in that film and then he died shortly I'm afterwards? I'm saying nothing <laughs> bad. I'm saying nothing bad about Tim Curry. I'm just Good. saying they, they should have used him more. <laughs> okay, okay. But Tim Curry is barely in this film. I thought if you got Tim Curry on as like, a, is, he, is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? We don't know. You don't really care either because they're not even given enough time to get to know the character. And it's not on Tim Curry. It's a, it's a solid performance, as you would expect from Tim Curry, but he's given naff all to do. Uh, in the words of Joel, I'd rather have Tim Curry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. With the, the terrible accent there. This is true. Uh, Alex, Alex. Um, right, so just to counter some of Dave's points there, like, the, the film has a really good start. I feel like I did a terrible job explaining that <laughs> opening. Don't like, move on. You've like, really lost it. <laughs> I think I strike my own statement. But, uh, but, then it, but then it's, like, it carries on. It has a little bit of an introduction to the characters, but not, not a ton. It's like, do you know what I mean? Dave says, like, where's the character development or where, you know, you want to see more of... Well, the, 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 this film is actually... It is fairly superficial. I mean, you know, this is Charlie's Angels. It's not going to be like, you know, going down deep into the psyche of, you know, what makes a villain or anything like that. It stays at quite a superficial level, but it's fun. Uh, it goes into like a little bit of a, an explanation of where Charlie's Angels came from. It goes, has a little night, has these little nice videos about, oh, well, you know, uh, Lucy Liu's character came from here. Uh, Drew Barrymore's character came from here. Cameron Diaz's character came from here. And it, but it sets it up really quickly. So actually you have 10 minutes of sort of, if that, of setting up these characters. And then the film just carries on with a really quick pace. And that's really refreshing, especially watching it now, to be honest, because you're so used to watching endless fucking origin stories and films mm. that just take an entire film and it's setting up this huge franchise and it's like no 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 we're not doing where did the charlie's angels come from we're just going boom this is a charlie's angels they jump out of planes uh, they pretend to be um ll cool j uh, all <laughs> don't, don't, don't we all <laughs> they, and you know and all of this mad stuff happens and you know and it's got a nice bit of humor in it as well like you know it's not haha this is the funniest thing i've ever seen in my life but the little videos of when they were growing up. I don't know, there's a nice humour that runs all the way through the film. And then it gets going, right? And I swear, when you watch this, you will love the fact. Because at first you're like, oh, okay, so you've got, you know, Cameron Diaz, Lucy Liu, Drew Barrymore. So, three solid actresses mm. to play the, play the you know, the leads. And then, you know, as it's going on, who opens the door? Who's Bosley? Good God, it's Bill Murray. You yeah. know what I mean? A smile comes to your face as you see Bill Murray and you think, well, here we go. This is this is pretty solid. You've already seen Matt LeBlanc as well, which is, you know, better to have a film with Matt LeBlanc. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> not necessary. Got to stop doing that. Uh, and then... Uh, as if that's not enough, you know, they start watching a video and you start seeing, you know, the plot comes out, Sam Rockwell's in it. And at that point, you know what I mean? I was like, you know, I was reaching for my belt buckle. I was going to say, you probably already had your pants <laughs> off at yeah, this yeah. stage. No, they weren't completely off. And then I was watching it and then guess who came on to just pull them right down around my ankles? Tim Curry. Tim Curry came and comes <laughs> yeah. on. And you just think, great, this has got a good cast and I'm going to enjoy it. Everyone does put in a solid performance. Okay, right. Uh, Dave... Alex is mentioning about the cast here. Now, I think in the year 1999, if someone was to say to you, like we're making a, a remake of Charlie's Angels. We mm -hmm. need three actresses for the lead roles. I think the Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz and Lucy Liu would probably be high up on anybody's list. Mm -hmm. Do they do a good job? Do you think the, they, they deliver? I mean, so one of my questions is that uh, I would think, especially at that time as well, that Drew Barrymore <coughs> and Cameron Diaz were more comedic actresses. Mm -hmm. Uh, and this is more like of an action comedy. And Lucy Liu was more of a sort of drama and maybe action actress. Mm -hmm. So how did she handle the comedy and how did the other two handle the action, essentially? Um, I fine, I guess. I mean, it, yeah, it is. It, Cameron Diaz's role is more comedic. 
I would say. I said no, they're all comedic, to be honest with you. It's all played for laughs uh, in a way, even if the jokes aren't all that funny. That's the intention behind it. The cast looks good on paper. There's no denying it. The, you know, the, like the supporting cast that Alex mentioned there, you know, you got Sam Rockwell, you got Tim Curry, you got Bill Murray. Looks good on paper. Bill Murray doesn't look like he particularly wants to be there after a little while. I believe he fell out with Lucy Liu during the filming of this. The three protagonists, you got Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, they're fine. I guess, but that is the strongest word I can use in their favor. They're okay. Um, what really bugs me about this is the characters that they're asked to play. You know, it starts off with the, like Alex says, you know, a brief montage, you know, three girls, very different, you know, from different backgrounds. They all turned out the same. Anything mm. that happens to any one of them over the course of the film, you could have taken another one and swapped them around, put them in that. They would all have responded the same way, reacted the same way. They, 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 it's the superficial level of, oh, they're all different. They've got different personalities and different traits and different strengths. They don't. They're all interchangeable. There is no set character to any of the three, oh. just kind of like one kind of universal figure. Yeah, so it, yeah, no, very true, I'm afraid. <laughs> Wait, okay. <laughs> right, calm down, guys. Uh, obviously, do you want to sit in, the, in between the two of them? Um, right, like Alex, so Dave says the, the characters are interchangeable. What, one of my other questions I did have, actually, is that, right, you know me, I love uh, decent roles uh, for, for actresses in films, especially action films as well. And, you know, back in 2000 as well, this seems like it could be quite progressive, especially, you know, when we're talking about Captain Marvel now and Wonder yeah, Woman. Yeah. Uh, so how are the characters written? So my, my, my thing is that it's okay to have um, female uh, characters in films, in action films, but unless you've got a decent character for them to play, uh, then it's it's just like lip service essentially like they need to have beef beefed up characters that have decent character arcs they have motives they have traits they have everything and is that the case with this film yeah they have all of those things i think dave's a bit fair unfair when he's saying they're all interchangeable you know um drew barrymore has the arc where she's sort of like not she, she's never known a father and so that the the idea of charlie being her father is explored and then that brings a big part of um well big spoiler sam rockwell sort of uh, seduces her um and then uses that against her basically and then that comes full circle towards the end of the film uh, drew barrymore is a bit of a is a bit clumsy doesn't seem to be able to sort of like hot um find love and that that comes in part of the film as well you know and so i I really don't think it's fair lucy Liu as well you know she has that she sort of has a romantic thing going with uh matt leblanc so i don't really think that's fair that there are like i'm not saying that these are it's not hamlet do you know what i mean i don't like this film because it's like deep psychological studies of action stars or anything like that but they are like well done characters you know and there is like especially at the time you know i I did a little bit of look at the the three years period of the films right and before i think the year before there was pretty much no films that had any any female action stars in like none i think there was one maybe but it wasn't a very good one during the same year as in 2000, the only other action film with a female lead was Miss Congeniality, which is about a, a female cop who goes into a fucking beauty pageant, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? And realizes, oh, there's more to beauty pageants than I thought, do you know what I mean? So actually, I think at the time, this was extremely good thing, you know, especially for like, you know, for, for, for girls watching it to see like, oh no, these are three, you know, you look at all the action films at the time, like none so you know i'm not saying this thing i'm not saying it was made because you know it was it was trying to counteract that Hmm. but it's still it was still a good step in the right direction this film definitely it's just a pity that then it sort of petered off in the 90s and then it's only 
sort of... Well, um, Charlie's Angel 2 is a different story. <laughs> uh, so, Dave, um, counter-argument for that? I mean, do you think that the characters aren't that well-written? And- Not particularly. I still maintain that they are interchangeable. Alex said, oh, Drew Barrymore's the clumsy one. Is that, isn't Cameron Diaz the clumsy one? No, no, I said Cameron or Diaz. It, I think it's a Drew Barrymore. Yeah, he said Drew Barrymore was unlucky in love. Unlucky in love. Aren't they all unlucky in love as well? Aren't they all Aren't clumsy? We all Aren't they all? Yeah, no, actually, we're not. I should are, you, are you picking a side already? <laughs> <laughs> um, right, okay, so uh, then moving on from the main characters. Now, Alex did mention a kind of stellar supporting cast there. Uh, Dave, you've also, you know, said the likes of Tim Curry, Bill Murray, you know, it sounds like a really, really good supporting cast. How do they... Um, interact with the main characters do you think that they add anything to the film do you think that they're just there to kind of essentially did they take anything away from the film did they support the film um i think sam rockwell was very good Mm -hmm. i'll give him due credit for that because he ultimately turns out to be the main villain of the piece um i think his interaction particularly with drew barrymore you know sam rockwell very good actor he does a good job here uh tim curry's interactions with the group is kind of limited to be honest with you like i say i I wish that he used him a bit more Bill Murray, he's just doing Bill Murray, essentially, at the end of the day. He's, uh, and that's good. It's a pleasure to watch. But it's not anything nuanced. It's not bringing anything new to the table. It's not really interactive. It's not so much his interactions. It is his, his own improvisation, his own glib one line. I was going to say, didn't you think it, it, it seemed a bit misplaced, almost though he's in there for, just for the sake of it? A, a little. I, I got the impression. It looked like he was uncomfortable being there. It's yeah. like he didn't want to be in this film after a little while. Like I say, he did fall out with Lucy Liu. I think, you know, so, he, he questioned why she'd been cast in the end. I think they went through about 20 odd different casting choices oh, really? before they eventually settled on what's, Lucy what's Liu. Bill Murray got to do with the fucking casting process <laughs> of a film? Well, none, but I don't think he was, he was pleased with their decision to cast Lucy Liu. Well, uh, anyway, um, uh, uh, so for me... I think of Bill Murray's humor. I think of quite sort of like improvisational, sort of deadpan, sarcastic. And I think of my uh, my idea of what this film's humor would be, and it's sort of more very zany, different, more wacky. Yeah. It's so how, little, how does it how does it go together? It doesn't really. It's a little out of place. You know, it's it's great to have Bill Murray there, but it's not really. It doesn't bring anything to the table insofar as supporting the film. Okay. You know, he does his own thing, and you know, you can't cast Bill Murray in a film and not have him do his own thing. He's going to do what he wants. So Alex. For me, I am thinking along the lines of Zombieland, uh, the fact that, you oh, know, yeah. there's one type of sort of comedy at play and then Bill Murray gets introduced and it's another no, level. It, it, Does it work like that or is it... it? It's not the same. It's, it's like Bill Murray's in it. You know, he's, he's not like in loads and loads of scenes. And when he's in them, yeah, it's good because like, like Dave said, it's, it's nice to have Bill Murray in the film. It's not Zombieland because it's not dark enough, I don't think, for him. Mm-hmm. And like the, the whole humour and the whole tone of the film isn't dark that's what i actually quite like about it it's not like let's really go into the the, the depths of you know why drew barrymore has never been able to trust a man it just goes for it it does it it does it at the right level mm-hmm. but it doesn't go that dark so yeah I'd, I'd kind of agree maybe a bit with dave that yeah maybe if it was a darker film bill murray could have been better in it but i don't i still don't i wouldn't say that that means he's bad in it it just means that yeah i could see how he could have been better in it Okay, I, I agree bill murray's not bad in it by any stretch it just it's out of place it's, it's bill murray bad in anything I mean, the answer is yes. Wes Anderson, isn't that right? Justin? Jolly, it's really good in everything that's Wes Anderson movie. You just don't like Wes Anderson because you don't really get it. On a, it's on a different level, isn't it, for you? 
Austin, <laughs> show up. Well, I mean, he had nothing. Yeah. <laughs> he had nothing. You look like a fucking sh- snoop, snooker player, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going for. That's, today's look is a snooker player. That's what I wanted. Yeah. It's a Thanks. good look. It's a good you look. can't insult Ozzy on his dress. He's impossible to do. Uh, uh, Although Gav does a really good job of it. What was I at Winston's wedding? Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> at Winston's wedding, I said you look like David Bowie playing a Bond villain. <laughs> Or you, you, look like, you look like one of the Nazis that escaped to Argentina. Right, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, but sorry. Uh, anyway, uh, so what is the is the script like, Alex? Um, I mean, you've told me about that sort of zany beginning, and then you said it kind of leans more into sort of James Bond espionage type thing, and there's elements yeah. of humor and comedy. So, so what what is the script like? Is it good dialogue? Is you know are there funny lines? Uh, you know, it's it's the plot. Is it so is it sensible? Is it's sort it... of, to be honest, a lot of it's kind of like situation comedy. So there's these little bits speckled throughout. So you've got, um, I, I think a scene that I really like is when they have to infiltrate uh, Corwin's Red Star, which is um, Tim Curry's company. And so they get dressed up. Um, Lucy Lou goes to sort of like, sort of like an HR person from hell. And Drew Barrymore and uh, Cameron Diaz have to get dressed up as men, so they have like mustaches on, and it looks—they're actually they're actually really effective disguise, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, it looks really good, and so it's more like the comedy that comes out of that. I wouldn't say there's any like you know like they throw someone off a plane, and they make like hey, you know, where's your parachute? Or do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> a better line than I could think of. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's less of a one-liner as much as a dick comment. <laughs> Hey, you're dead, <laughs> dickhead. That's what I do. Uh, so it's more it's more from the situations and it's more from the sort of the, the way it's directed. I would say almost. Okay. But no, I mean the script is good and it knows when to sort of. It just knows its tone really well. I think so. When you have the bit where Sam Rockwell, you find out he's going to betray. Um, Cameron Diaz. Cam, um, Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore, sorry. Uh, there's, a, there's a good script where he sort of like explains why he's doing it. And there's some, you know, there's some good lines in it. I'm not saying they're quotable. Oh my God, do you remember when he said that? But it just gets that tone of, oh yeah, this is kind of like the serious moment. And then it brings it back because he sh- thinks he shoots her out of a window, which is actually hanging on to the... Uh, top of the window. Top of the window, basically. It, it's just, it, it just works all the way through and it keeps it pacey as well. Okay, Dave... I for a comedy film, like one of the things that stands out about a comedy is the film is the script should be reasonably quotable. I can't think of many comedy films that have come out where it's not quotable. I mean, if anyone can name a funny quote from this film, by all means, hit me with it. But you know, I'm talking about you know good standout comedies. You know, you just say one line and everyone knows what you're talking about. You know, I've never seen a man get picked up by his testicles before. It's like, we all know that's playing strains and automobiles. It's just funny one-liners that come out. If this film's meant to be funny, the script should be quotable. It should be memorable at least, but there's nothing, there's no memorable lines, no memorable quotes. And I don't think it really is situation comedy. It all seems kind of lazy and jumbled together. And I don't think the direction is all that good, to be honest with you. I think, you know, there's some snazzy camera angles, you know, fast-moving, fast-paced camera angles, all well and good. Typical McGee, basically, filming mm. it like it's a music video. Oh, McGee, yeah. Yeah, yeah, McGee, but it's, it, it is just a music video. You know, that's essentially the kind of camera that he's gone for. It's no more special than that. So, yeah, I mean, what I can remember is, as you said, like very quick sort of interchangeable camera angles, um, a bit like Mission Impossible A lot of too. split screens, a lot of yeah. split screen technique. It, 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 music video stuff, basically. Imagine that. So, uh, so have they tried to sort of recreate the feel of the original TV show with the split screens and... They could have... 
they could have done that more, to be honest with you. Because I know what you mean in the in the credit sequence and stuff like that. The original series, that is. Credit sequence, you got your split screens, you got what, and, and during the episodes, like, what are they all up to? Where's this one working now? What's this one working on? It, it doesn't really, they could have used that more. They could have paid more of an homage to the original series if that was their aim. But essentially, it's more split screens for the sake of split screens. You know, doing a close-up of someone's hand, pushing something. Like a like comic book style, to a degree, but okay. not as effective. Uh, so, uh, Alex, just on that point, how does this live up to the original series? And is it is it like an homage or is it more unique? Is it its own thing? Oh, I couldn't care less. I've never watched the original series, so <laughs> I honestly couldn't care less. Um, I, you know, and honestly, how many like diehard Charlie's Angels fans are there that were like, my God, I must, you know, I must go and see this film. Just I mean, to you see sat my- next to one. Apart from Dave, I'm sure enough to fill like a minivan or something like that. I don't think there's that many people who are like, I really want to see the TV show Charlie's Angels just done well. Do you know what I mean? I want to see it like, you know, true to life. I think people just want to see it. it's a good premise. It's a good thing about, you know, the disembodied voice. And it's good. Again, I think people want to see three strong women, you know, playing an action, mm-hmm. uh, an action role. So I think, I don't think it's, I don't think it needed to be that, um, faithful to the, to the, uh, uh, to the earlier show. Just coming back to something we were talking about before, you know, talking about the comedy and, you know, I think, you know, maybe the script, are there memorable lines? Like, I mean, I don't know, but, um, <laughs> that, that's no, <laughs> <laughs> but, this is an action comedy as well, and I don't feel like we're talking enough about the action, which I think is Hey, that's my next fucking fantastic. point. Don't rush me. I'm sorry. Well, go on. Alex, what do you think of the action? Can I answer the point about the original series, which I wasn't actually a big fan of, to be honest with you. With regards to the original series, no, I don't think it really does pay much of an homage. It does try and go out there and do its own thing. It tries to modernise it a little more, which I'm all in favour of, but one thing that is kind of dated and still in, stuck in the old series way is it's kind of exploitative no. in the way it treats it. Actually, I think it is a little. Not to the same extent that the original series was, but like the, that opening scene you were talking about where they land on a boat being driven by Cameron Diaz. Did Cameron Diaz need to be in a bikini for that? Did she need mm. to have a dance sequence in her pants in her bedroom? She yeah. was did, on a boat. When they, you know, when they get the... Uh, they have to get the... <laughs> yeah, that's why. It was yeah. hot. It was hot. She yeah. was on a boat. <laughs> when they go to get the, uh, the ID to break into Corwin's Red Star Company, you know... Do they have to dress up in like hot pants for like a, a German, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Umpar band. Oh yeah. Did they yes. need to, did, did they? Yes. Did they, was that, because they're not another way they could have done it? No. No. no, uh, no. <laughs> when Drew Barrymore falls out of that window after being shot, does she have to be naked? It's like... <laughs> Well, I mean, she, she did just, just get out of bed. It's very much like the old 70s TV series where it's no, just like, it is a little exploitative not. for the sake of being exploited. No. I thought you just a said little, you didn't watch little. the 70s no. TV it, series. Hang on. Uh, Austin, you are prosecuting this film, you know. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm just trying to shut that <laughs> You're prosecuting the prosecutor. Right? <laughs> so Alex, Alex, is it okay. not? Okay, no, I mean, like, I remember saying to Dave, like, oh, I think I fancy, like, putting Charlie's Angels on trial. And I remember Dave saying, like, oh, you know, but isn't it a bit lechy? And I was like, oh, shit, is it? And, you know, I went and rewatched it. And I, and, and genuinely, I came out thinking no. And, and, like, at times during the film, I was, like, you know, really questioning it. But I don't think it is, actually. And the reason I don't think it is is because, actually, all the times, a lot of the times they're using sex, right, is because, like, this is a male-driven society they're living in, right? And so a lot of the times, all they're doing is just... Like, it's making men look absolutely ludicrous. Like, Mm. sometimes it's ridiculously easy for them to infiltrate places because the men are so ridiculously just, like, in awe of them. So, actually, I think it's kind of like lampooning a lot of this. You know, you're saying it's exploitative. I don't think there's anything wrong sometimes. There's a difference between being 
of being exploitative and having sex in a film. And there's nothing wrong with having sex in a film. There's nothing wrong with Cameron Diaz being in a bikini, I don't think. You know, it's, it's not like she needs to be covered up at every single moment. Nothing wrong with putting her in a tight-fitting thing. You know, I, honestly, it's not like you're watching it going, oh, Cameron Diaz. You know, it, it, it kind of makes sense in a scene as well. All the way through, and it's lampooned, and this is the night... Nice, I think this is what made me feel, no, I do like Charlie's Angels, because this is... It's got a good heart to it, and a good heart comes from when it's like when um, Drew Barrymore gets in the car at the racetrack because she needs to distract the guy and she's sort of just using her sex to do it. And it's just ridiculously easy for her to do it. But it's done in a fun way where the guy looks like an idiot. This is what okay. I'm saying. This is why it's not exploitative. When they go in and she infiltrates the Corwin's company and all of the men are following um, this, uh, as I said, Lucy Lou's like this HR woman from hell. It's because, you know, they're playing, ooh, Barracuda, and, you know, she's um, whipping down a stick or something like that. Again, it's just this power that they have over the men doesn't, isn't exploitative. They're in complete control. Whenever they're using this, they are the ones in the driving seat. So every single scene... They are the ones that are in power. Only a couple of scenes with Sam Rockwell, who's obviously the, you know, the antagonist. So that, that to me, sounds like a good use of that. So I think the difference for me in making it, like, because it's fine to have those scenes in, but I think it's how they are filmed. Yeah. So Dave, how are they filmed? For, for me, like what, what separates something from just being a film to just being lechy is, you know, you can have Drew Barrymore in a, in a bikini. Why the hell not? But how Drew Barrymore is filmed in a bikini, does it, do they have lingering R shots unnecessarily? Does the camera start at their breasts and pan upwards? You know, like is, is it that sort of thing or is it just like Drew Barrymore is in a bikini? Um, yeah, I didn't notice any lingering shots or anything like that. No, to be fair. No, can't think of any. Okay. Right. Um, Austin, right. I know you've yes. remained quiet. So you have been working on the, um, the sound quality in the background. So I'll let you off, uh, action scenes in it, right. As Alex said before, this is an action comedy. We've spoken quite extensively about the comedy. What about the action? Do you think it is a good action film? Yeah. So it's, well, it's like Dave was, was saying before, it's like a music video. <laughs> it's bish, 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 you know, for, for each action scene, it's, it's hectic, you know, but that's part of the, the issue. It's, it's a good mindless action film, definitely. But it's like, it's essentially lots of pieces of the trailer mm, put so, together. But. So sort of it's quick paced action, action for action's sake. Maybe not for actions. That's what the film is, isn't it? It's a, it's a take on a seventies film. It's, it's action. It's it, maybe Sunday afternoon when you don't want to pay attention to a storyline movie, you know, it, but it, it's just like, like what they were saying. It's like a music video. It's just pieced together very, uh, haphazardly, maybe not haphazardly. That's a bad word for it, but it's just, you know, the split screens, you've got people doing one thing, uh, in conjunction with other stuff. So do you so they're trying yeah, to tell the story quite quickly? In the, scenes. In the, the big one. The, no, um, there's not all different things really going on okay, okay so what, okay. what is what is uh so i think with an action film especially like an action comedy there's always like one or two big set pieces so yeah. you know do you want to describe one of those set pieces okay so i love the one i really really like the fight scene where they're going after the creepy thin man crispin glover they and it's not haphazard it's not like right action it's not like they, they they go to a cocktail party and it makes sense you know i don't think i think the plot's getting a bit of a hammer in here when it shouldn't get it they follow him because they've seen him. They know that he's uh, connected to uh, 
Boise. Corwin. Um, so they follow him, and that's bi- and it builds up really, really well. And you know what Dave's saying? It's like a music video. Yeah, it kind of like that makes me think. Yeah, a little bit, but in a good way. Not in a not the whole film isn't like a music video. But they have um, smack my bitch up by Prodigy to this fight sequence where it's like the thir- first time really you've seen the three angels get together, and you sort of you learn a lot of the, about the characters through the action scene. That's what I like. It's not just action for action's sake. You learn that they're actually you know they read each other's thoughts they work well together mm-hmm. and the whole scene is really really well done and, and you know what i think the, the best thing about the actions film there's also great fight fight sequences towards the end there's a really good car chase in the middle that you know there's there's it's peppered throughout but it's not relentless well, one just one thing i know i've been talking for a while but the, the thing i really like about the film as well no guns and I find that so refreshing now, okay. especially. There's a couple of guns, so it doesn't seem... It's not a thing, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like you're going, well, hang on yeah, a minute, only, why don't people just shoot? You know, it's what, only baddies with guns, on. A couple of baddies with guns, but really, it's all fight sequences. There's no people covering, you know, jumping around machine guns or anything like that. Just good. It's like a kung fu movie, and okay. that's what's nice about it. Uh, Dave, um, agree? Um, well, obviously not, but um, what, what would... What... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, it's great. That's not what you're paying me for. <laughs> so, um, uh, so, so what, what do you think about the action? Action sequences are okay. I wouldn't say you learn anything about the characters uh, mm-hmm. during the action sequences. I dispute that. One thing I will say about the action sequences, they use a lot of the uh, the wire technique, you know, suspending the uh, your protagonist on like wires and having tiger, fight. Yeah, sort of. that sort of thing. And this film was basically, just as that was starting to take off in Hollywood, this film, I think, was credited by a few as like putting in a stop to that because of this, it was overused in this film. It was, it, it was. I know Alex is well, cringing. The source and what material for that. <laughs> credited yeah, Guillermo del Toro in an interview mentioned it. He said he, he loved the, the wire techniques and what have you, but he said it was just overused in Charlie's Angels to a point where it kind of paid. He put the nail in the coffin of that being used anymore in Hollywood. Which you know, if you weren't a fan of the technique, that's no bad thing. That's not a criticism. But it is true that this was mm-hmm. just it overused. It it was ridiculous. Okay, um, right, and, and finally, just want to how, how's it wrapped up? What's the ending? What do we, is it one of those things where it leaves it on a bit of a cliffhanger as in like hey there's going to be a sequel uh, is it all wrapped up nice and neatly what yes is- um, they just <laughs> laugh to themselves and play in the sea <laughs> like there's a, there's, a bit, there's a bit more to it. it, it it's pretty it, much it. It jumps in. No, it's not. Like it, it jumps in a little bit more into the, the so sea. It goes into. Fuck <laughs> you all. I'm leaving. Honestly. God damn it. Um, like it. It goes into a little bit into the backstory of it. So I'm saying it's superficial, So, but it knows just how deep to go without it getting boring. So you know that it goes into who is Charlie and they're going to find Charlie and Sam Rockwell's going after Charlie, you know? So you sort of interest, oh, you know, are we going to, are we going to see him? Sam Rockwell goes after him and I love, I love it at the moment, at the end of a film, you know, when the bad guy gets an oh fuck moment, you know, and it's mm. just like, it's all over. He's in a helicopter. He's fired a heat seeking missile, but unbeknownst to them, they've changed it. So it's going to come round and hit, hit him. <laughs> Just before the missile fires into it, Drew Barrymore's just kicking the shit out of him as well. <laughs> and he just there's just a final shot after she jumps out the plane. It's just I love it. Just the zoom up shot of Sam Rockwell, just like oh no, <laughs> <laughs> as the oh. missile comes into the helicopter and explodes him. And then yeah, they find that oh Charlie's gone, and then they mess about in the sea. All right, it's a lovely little moment. But the ending, no, it, and the, crucially. No, oh, be back next time for Charlie's Angels. That plot story is finished. It's lovely. It's over. You okay. might want to see more, but 
it's done. Okay, right. So it can be a standalone film if it wanted to be, sort of thing. Uh, no loose ends. Uh, right, anything else uh, you want to pick up on, Dave? Anything that you you want you really want to get off your chest? Uh, no, I wouldn't say so, actually. I think I've said my piece. Okay, uh, Austin? No, I'm good, I'm good. Okay, Alex? Good soundtrack. <laughs> uh, is he? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It, it is, but I will stress it's not an original soundtrack. It's not like an original score. It's just, it's jukebox. Or like a Tarantino I mean, film. Yeah, yeah, he didn't get Hans Zimmerman in to do Hans Zimmerman. Maybe they did get Hans Zimmerman. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Rick G's like, get me Hans Zimmerman. He's like, got this Hans Zimmerman. <laughs> <laughs> just, he just flexed some CDs. He doesn't like anything. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so on a scale of David Boreanaz's Angel, to Elita Battle Angel. How did you say that his name? <laughs> Boreanus. <laughs> What's his name? Boreanus. Boreanus. Oh, Boreanus. David Borealis. It's not Anus. <laughs> Aurora Borealis. <laughs> on, a, on a scale of Aurora Borealis's Angel to Elita Battle Angel, where does it fit? Uh, I don't really understand. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's shit. It's so elite battle angel shit. So it's, it's not that. Okay. Right. Right. Forget. Right. I'm, I'm going to uh, think about this this film. My verdict. Uh, do we have any trivia quickly before we move on to the quiz? A big fat no. Okay. Right. <laughs> oh, there was. Um, oh, isn't uh, what's her face's house? Is Drew Barrymore the house? Drew Barrymore's in is the house from oh E.T. From E.T. it is yeah, yeah oh, perfect well, trivia well right there. Yeah, that, when yeah, she no falls worries. out of the window and lands at the foot there's a, an E.T. poster there's two kids playing video games E.T. poster on the wall as Austin says and it's the same house they found oh, and uh, Racist Pieces because that's the thing that E.T. Oh, likes yeah, yeah, yeah. well done Austin well done man well remembered good yeah. there was me thinking you'd been sat on your ass doing fuck all this episode <laughs> yeah. but no well done man okay so moving on quickly to a lovely quiz by Dave yep thank you very much so Obviously, Charlie's Angels adapted from a TV series into a film. This quiz is going to be all about TV series that were made into films. You see, Fantastic. Yeah, so, uh, Brucey, can you handle this? I can. Gavin, can you handle this? No. Austin, can you handle this? I think I can I don't think it. you can handle this. <laughs> <laughs> the first question Brucey actually mentioned is on Charlie's Angels. But to find out who gets the question, this might be an easy point. Oh, by the way, the way I'm going to do this, I'm going to mention a TV series. You've got to guess how many episodes of that series were made. Okay. okay. Whoever gets closest gets the question. Okay. okay. And they're not that hard, so you should, that's the only way you'll rack up points. I Let's do it. Yeah, I won't let you do it any other way. Shit. Okay, so the first one's on Charlie's Angels, and you want to get this one, guys, because Bruce, you mentioned it before. So, how many episodes of Charlie's Angels were there? 115. Oh. 77. Uh, I'm going to say 26. 115 is right. Oh. What? Alex is on the money. <laughs> is he? <What>? Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> I love this right. film. So, Alex, Alex easy, po- easy point for you. Yeah. Um, which... Which TV show was made into a fake movie that's shown as an in-flight film at the start? T.J. Hooker. It is T.J. Hooker. That is a point for Alex. Well done. Thank you. Okay, so next one, Twilight Zone. How many episodes, guys? Who gets this one? Uh, Original series or the 80s? Original series. 1959 to 1964. Original series. 42. 156. I'm going to say 73. 156 is correct. Wow. <laughs> Spot on the wow, money. Wow, nice. You son of a bitch. I was going to say 155, <laughs> honestly. So, Gav, this question is for you. Uh, the film remade the famous episode Nightmare at 20,000 Feet uh, with John Lithgow. Oh, fuck. Who What's played his role in the TV series? William Shat My Pants. It is William Shat My Pants. I don't think you should get the point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one. Star Trek, the original series. With William Shatmapass. With William Shatmapass. 
How many episodes, guys? Uh, 132. Uh, I'm going to say uh, 192. No. And Alex? 60. Alex is closest at 79. Oh, oh. Alex, you're a Star Trek fan, right? I am. You should be okay with this then. Who played Khan in both the series and the film Wrath of Khan? Uh... I fucking can never remember his name. Oh, no. I want to say, like, Richard Montalbano. Oh, oh, oh nearly, nearly. Oh, damn it. Can so I buzz in? Can I buzz in? Yeah, yeah, you can answer for fun, but I, no one gets the point. Bullshit. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, right, I'll give the points away. Go R- on, Ricardo it? Montalban. Oh, shit. Autobahn. Ricardo Montalban. I'll give yeah, Gal the point on that one. You're so close. You're so it's a close, famously mate. Mexican actor. I'll be honest with you. If Gavin buzzed in and wasn't close, I'd have given you it. You're in here enough, right? Okay, Scooby-Doo, where are you? The original series. We're talking 1969 to 1970. Original series oh, only. Okay. So don't Three, get carried away. Uh, 300. <laughs> Someone got carried away. Uh, uh, 18. Oh, I was going to say 16. Gav's closest, it's 41. Oh, so, Gav, uh, favourite of Merv's from the Fact Film Quiz, what's Shaggy's real name? Oh, um, Shagganold Vel Johnson. <laughs> uh, I wish it was. Um, oh, fuck it, I don't, I can't remember. Um, oh, you always answer this question for us. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just making sure, see, does anyone pay attention to um, it? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is no. You didn't need to, we didn't need to a quiz for that day. Matthew Lillard. No. no, I see where you're going with that. Nice thinking outside the box, but no. no. Anyone? Nope. No. No. Norville Rogers. <laughs> Norville. <laughs> Norville Rogers. I love those uh, things from the Scooby-Doo movie where they talk about how, uh, how how intense and how powerful Shaggy is and then um, he'd, he'd cause people um, to have headaches and stuff just by entering the room. You see that? Yeah. That's great. There's a documentary little, about yeah. it. Didn't, didn't uh, James Gunn write the Scooby-Doo films? Yeah. There's a really crazy like documentary uh, about it just on YouTube. Just check it out. It's great. It's really funny. Dave? Oh, sorry, next film. Uh, or TV series, I should say. The Untouchables. Ran from 1959 to 1963, if that helps you at all. How many episodes? 113. Uh, 86. Uh, 63. Gav's closest, it was 120. Wow. Gav, the film remake picked up one Oscar in what category? Best supporting actor for Sean Connery. Correct. That's the point for Gav. <laughs> Damn straight. <laughs> Damn straight. Okay. Didn't even need to do the accent. Fucking <laughs> 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 my acting would take me through. I'm an Irish, Scotch, Spaniard. <laughs> no, it's Portuguese. Oh, no, you know him well. You know him well. Uh, Dark Shadows. 60. 27. 2. Uh, Gav is closest, 1,225. Wow. Yeah, wow. it was it was a soap opera, remember, Dark Did they just start repeating themselves? Yeah, they, I presume they must have done I, you know, I've never seen an episode, and I don't know anyone who has. Yeah. But Gav, which rock star cameos as himself in the film remake? Is oh. it... Oh, okay. Is it Alice Cooper, Meatloaf, or David Bowie? Alice Cooper. Meatloaf. It is Alice Cooper. That's another point for Gav. One of the three, one. Good, good try, Gav. <laughs> good try. <laughs> 21 Jump Street, found from 1987 to 1991. How many episodes? 42. Uh, uh, 60. Uh, 12. Alex is closest. is 103. Oh, I'm up. Alex, which Hollywood A-list to start in the original series? Um, Burt Reynolds. Oh. 1987 and 91. It was a good, good try. Uh, Gav, go on. Jonathan D. Depp. Is Johnny Depp. Uh-huh. Another point for Gav. Okay, Mission Impossible. <laughs> the original series of Mission Impossible ran from 1966 to 73. Oh, uh, How many episodes? 61. 112. 
142. Austin's closest, 171. Oof. Ozzy, which of the following actors was never part of the main cast of the TV series? Is it Leonard Nimoy, Jack Lemmon, or Sam Elliott? Uh, Nimoy. Oh, it was Jack Lemmon. Oh. Oh, I, just th- I just thought I'd he'd have been busy it. enough with his Star Trek stuff. He didn't so. need another job. Jack Lemmon. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Lemmon. Jack Lemmon would be brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Flintstones, how many episodes? Oh, Jesus. Like uh, 250. Yeah, 307. 272. Uh, Alex is closest. It's 166. Oh, oh, wow. I thought it'd be higher. I thought it'd be higher. Alex, which Hollywood legend co-stars as Fred Flintstone's mother-in-law in the film remake? Oh, God damn it. Barbara oh. Streisand. Not Barbara Streisand. Anyone? Uh, Judy Garland? Not Judy Garland. Oh, shit. <laughs> no. Pinch, you think of music. Oh, it I, oh, uh, is... Go, oh, go, no, on. No, go on, last chance. It's Elizabeth Taylor. Oh. Oh. <laughs> the Muppet Show. And the Muppet Show original series, 74 to 81. How many episodes? 102. 204. Um, 112. Austin's closest is 120. So Austin, which of the following did not appear as a guest star in the Muppet Show? Is it Roger Moore, Elton John, Steve Martin, or Richard Pryor? Uh, Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor is correct. That is a point for Austin. He was was, uh, supposed to appear, but he could never make filming in the end, although he did do several episodes of Sesame Street and the Muppet movie. Ah, Well played that, man. There you go. X-Files. 1993 to 2002. Oh, just 2002. Okay, 101. 123. 93 to 2002. Yep. Nine years. That's his answer. No, wait. Nine years. Don't change my answer. No. I'm going to (laughs) say... Go on, fresh answers from everyone. Go on. Quick, quick, quick. 72. 72? Yeah. Whatever I said before. 123. Alex? 102. Gav's closest is 218. Is it? Oh, well done. Gav, well done, who Gav. racked up more episode appearances in the series? Is it Gillian Anderson or David Duchovny? Gillian Anderson. Is correct, because we all know Mulder got abducted for a little bit. Yeah, he, he fucked got, off for a bit, he? got he? bored. <laughs> didn't, didn't we all? <laughs> uh, final question, Baywatch. Oh, yeah. Original series, not the Jason Momoa remakes. Original, original Baywatch. Hundred, no, 78. 77. What, oh, what about Baywatch Nights? That's a fucking series and a half. Eh? <laughs> Wait, tell me, tell me through the premise what happened in Baywatch oh, Nights. Mate, mate, <laughs> how did I find them? Mitch Buchanan. <laughs> no, no, no. Mitch Buchanan isn't just a lifeguard. What He's also he? moonlighting <laughs> as a t-shirt. private investigator. Oh, goodness, mate. <laughs> He's so also just by watching He's also a private investigator and trying to catapult on the success of the X Files. He's investigating the paranormal. Genuinely, <laughs> genuinely. Well, I'll be watching that as soon. As I can. Yeah. Like, that sounds fantastic. There's fucking werewolves, and aliens, and mermaids, really? and all. Yes. Oh, what, is, oh, wow. is, it, is it David Hasselhoff? And you is, get it all on YouTube. Is this, is this on YouTube, mate? I, I, I want to see this. <laughs> Now, I want to say, oh. But no, not including Baywatch Nights. <laughs> Although, how do they find him? Could be my favourite. <laughs> 72. He's got a torch on his head. <laughs> 14. Uh, 73. <laughs> Austin wins. Austin wins. It's 242. Austin, which of the following have not cameoed in Baywatch? Is it Brian Cranston, Michelle Williams, Mila Kunis, or Keanu Reeves? Uh, Mila Kunis. 
Nah, I'm sorry. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves is correct. I'll give Alex a point for that oh, one. I didn't even hear Keanu Reeves. I probably, <laughs> I probably would have said that if I'd have thought on. Uh, I had a tiebreaker question on anyone but, uh, and everything, but it's not necessary. Gav wins. Yeah! Oh, go, Gav! Have that! Shove it! I'll have it. <laughs> right, um, right, I'm going to be really quick because we're running out of time here. Um, I thought this was a big steam and pile of diarrhea, but it's a pile of diarrhea that I really want to watch, so it's on the hit list. <laughs> <laughs> You will exactly find that statement to be pretty true. <laughs> I, I feel like that's not how the hitting shit list should work. Uh, the judge on this one, man. I'm probably going to regret that massively, but fuck it. I really want to. I, I, I just really, really want to watch Drew Bymore take your face off. No, sorry. Take face off. I knew I'd have you ever. Right, okay. So, uh, genuine impressions, uh, honest opinions. Uh, Alex, we all know yours. Dave? Uh, actually, I quite liked it. it. It sets out to do exactly what it said on the tin. When I found a film like this where it's like, uh, you know, I don't really have any criticisms of my own per se. I just pick up ones that I've seen on the internet. The Guillermo del Toro thing is true. He did say it, 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 it ruined the high wire thing for people, but he liked the film. He really did but like the film. The exploitative thing? Yeah. No, that was another criticism that someone else has said. I think you answered that perfectly. Alex yeah, is absolutely I, I right. I thought that was a really good answer. Yeah, no, I just Thanks, wanted buddy. to throw that. I put him on the spot a little with that one, but he answered it perfectly. And he, in my to opinion, no, he's, I, he's absolutely right. Didn't put me on the spot. I kind of wanted to talk about it just properly mm-hmm. to talk about that because I wasn't really sure myself. So I, honestly, I'd be interested to see what you think because I know you, you think about that. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's important and, to you. So I'd honestly like to know what you think. Oh, and also having the you know the three uh, actresses playing essentially one composite character almost that was another genuine criticism I saw out there. But I didn't really believe it myself to be honest with you. But these are genuine criticisms people have raised, but I don't really believe them. Okay. And Ozzy, I suppose instead of asking what your honest opinion is, I should probably ask you, did you actually watch the film or just watch a trailer? I watched it in uh, fast motion with the set. <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't have quite enough time. That's so. why the action scene seems so fucking sparked. Yeah, so yeah. As I was talking, I, I thought maybe, it's just, maybe it, my opinion is not really worthwhile. Do, 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 do you know what the annoying thing is? It's when Ozzy makes a good point and he hasn't watched the film. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, son of a bitch. But, okay, so uh, higher or lower than our previous film, on trial which was John Wick 2 which scored 75 out of 100 on Metacritic see I think it's been trolled at this film a little bit and I think it's quite low it's it's not crossroads Alex it's not been trolled unnecessarily uh, it probably has to be honest yeah, people in hindsight now yeah, yeah. yeah. 45 or something I'm like that I'm going to say lower as well okay yeah well you're right it is lower uh, 52 out of 100 um, so once again I put a poll up on Twitter over the weekend and asked our friends and followers which list Charlie's Angels should be placed on this was a tight one like this is probably the <laughs> tightest one we've had i imagine this poll like fucking that scene from speed with the bus just <laughs> just landing on the other side of the bridge uh 51 of our listeners Ooh. decided that it should be placed on this shit list <laughs> so uh, before we adjourn the case i think it's time for a bit of a caption contest so what i do here is i take a screenshot of the film and ask our friends and followers to provide a funny caption with you guys picking the best one and the winner winning a delightful frog-shaped chocolatey treat right okay so this scene is essentially cameron diaz is natalie kicking some guy right in the joey's apple uh now what's oh, what's a joey's apple that's a callback from friends because matt leblanc's in it you know he thinks that an adam's apple is oh in his throat uh, yeah, 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 yeah i just yeah, assumed sorry, he meant his balls yeah, so yeah. Does, does like I, don't, I, I know i watched it in double speed but i didn't remember <laughs> I think she, I think she pins him against the wall with yeah, a foot yeah, as well. Yeah. Right, so we've got a, a number of um, answers here, guys. So you just you've got you've the best one. Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't. So I'm just going to quickly do it now. Uh, my asshole neighbor didn't pick up after their dog. 
Uh, number two, this is eight-year-old me accidentally kicking the karate instructor. Um, <laughs> number three, so where did we land on dinner? <laughs> uh, next one is there's something about Natalie. Uh, she kicked him into a Diaz. <laughs> um, uh, can I show you something in a smaller size? Uh, no, you don't have family ahead of me in a queue for hag rides. Wait 10 hours like the rest of us. I don't know what that is. Is that like a private joke about, about is that something we've missed with my LeBlanc I don't know I think it might be an American thing in, yeah. um, where's Bill uh, called back to <laughs> kill Bill I think uh, <laughs> uh, Bill Murray proper response <laughs> yeah. proper response oh, so, hang on, no. <laughs> this one I'm sorry uh, listen I told you my eyes are up here and that's hey. one is proper response when a dude sends you unsolicited nudes <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for where did we land on dinner <laughs> Okay, uh, uh, I'm gonna go for the unsolicited, the unsolicited dick pics. Yeah. Okay, Dave, you decide and vote. Uh, dinner, dinner. Okay, so congratulations. The medium matters. You have just won yourselves a Fredo. Right. Okay. So just before we call the day, just wanted to give a shout out to one of our podcasting friends, relevant to our interests podcast. Two guys, Frank and John, they just chat about films and TV shows, to be honest, each week. Uh, the views are really in depth. They're funny. They're interesting. The two hosts have really great banter. You know, it sounds like a great podcast, to be honest, doesn't it? So go and listen to it, but also continue to listen to ours, you know, don't put theirs ahead of ours. <laughs> Watch, listen to theirs in addition to ours. Anyway, you can check them out on iTunes and Stitcher and you can follow them on Twitter at R2Interests. Lovely stuff. So, next week's film has been picked out of the hat at random, and it is a doozy. It is yesterday, the Danny Boyle directed Richard Curtis written you film. Are having a laugh? I'm not having a laugh, mate. You, you should have been here when we picked the film. All I'm going to say, you should have been here when we picked the roles. Yeah, you should have. You, should have. <laughs> you literally <laughs> messaged before to say, "I can't wait for you guys to all watch this awful film." <laughs> and now, I and do now not. You're forcing us to watch it because everybody else vetoed it, and now you're making us watch. Listen, just listen, for the podcast. Listen, it was it was a fair pick. It was a fair pick, right? So obviously Austin has already revealed the roles. We picked them out at random, I might add, honestly. So in the role of the prosecution, it's gonna be me and Richard Curtis hating Brucey. <laughs> in the role of defense, it's gonna be unfortunately Don't make me watch it. You and Joel. <laughs> Gonna hate it. <laughs> and in the role of judge, the only other guy who is here while we were picking out the roles, <laughs> and he didn't want to go much of this week, it's Dave. <laughs> right. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who's listened to this episode. Uh, please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your family, disguise yourselves as pit stop attendees and plaster it on the side of a race car. I don't care. Just spread the warm love that is films on trial in as many years as possible. And check us out on all social media, Twitter, at Film Trials and Films on Trial for the rest of it, including Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And don't forget to check out our lovely graphic artist, Winston Sang, at the underscore quirks. So that is it. We have put Charlie's Angels on trial, and it is a hit. And we will be in your ears next week with yesterday. Goodbye. Goodbye.